Thanks for tuning in to When Fear Reigns. After you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on whichever platform you listen to us on. This helps us reach even more people like yourself looking to live their faith in a secular world. Here's Dr. Parlo and Pastor Ben. Thanks for joining us for another episode of When Fear Reigns, the podcast that helps you live your faith in the secular world. My name is Ben Workentine, and I'm joined, as always, by Dr. John Parlo. I'm excited by this episode because I know that this conversation roots really close to a lot of people's hearts. I want to get some clarity on this whole afterlife idea, the question of where we go when we die, and talk a little bit about especially those visions that people sometimes have, those near-death experiences where they see heaven or they see hell and they come back and tell people about about it. Uh, So let's go ahead and get into it. John, let me start by asking you this question. Is there a description of heaven or hell that's outside the Bible that has really resonated with you or you found really insightful as you kind of think about what the afterlife looks like? I would say um, a sunny October afternoon at Lambeau Field is one form of heaven. It's a good one, too. With people you like, you're always cheering, It's very festive, and for the most part, well, heaven, you always win, but uh, Packers, not always, but, you know. No, another place I think of, I really thought was heaven on earth. I thought, I hope, I know heaven's going to be better than this, and it was just great, was when I was a young pastor, my first pastor's conference was in Banff, Canada. Okay. And it's, it was gorgeous place i'd never been to canada and if you know anything about banff canada it's like it's in like mountains are there and i'm i'm down walking i'm walking in my parking lot and there there's a herd of maybe 25 elk and some very large bulls it was just awesome just awesome (laughs) as far as health yeah i can remember back to college especially my hebrew class when i wasn't prepared and then we got a spot quiz and my Hebrew teacher used to say, gentlemen, God never gives you any bad days, just varying degrees of good. So when I think of <laughs> hell, I think it would be an eternal Hebrew class that I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> Fair enough. Give us a timeline, John. I know that you've just recently taught an online Bible study looking at the end times. And I think that'd be a really good thing for us to put in the show notes, a link to at least the, the first um, first installment of that. So. It, Kind of bring us into that, uh, summarize it. What is the timeline for somebody between when you die and then the beginning of the afterlife for you? Or walk us through what we should expect as far as the... Bible clearly teaches at the moment of death, body and soul separate. That's Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter 12. I'm pretty sure it's chapter 12. Um, Talks about the body goes to the earth, remains there until Jesus comes again, a second and final time. And the person's soul, the person, goes either to heaven or hell, depending on if that person had faith in Jesus. And I always use the example of, of this much faith saves, right? This much faith saves, and then this much faith saves. It's not, oh, you got to have a certain amount of faith uh, to be saved. Mm-hmm. No, it's who your faith is in. What's the basis? What's the foundation of your faith? Who are you trusting in? So that's the idea. That's That's what happens. At that point, God... Uh, determines where you go based on did you have trust in his son for as your savior from sin? Okay. Then Jesus comes again someday, uh, on final time, and gives us resurrected bodies. In between that time, our loved ones were, were told are in heaven where there is no, no sin and none of the problems of sin. 
Uh, in fact, we just did a little Q&A today about that. You can probably see that uh, like one minute Q&As on just on some of these subjects people ask. And one of them was, hey, do our loved ones even know what's going on? They're in heaven. Do they know what's going on specifically on earth? And I, a lot of people like to point to Revelation chapter 6, verse 10, that talks about the people who were martyred for the faith. And do they know what's going on here? No, that passage, the only thing the passage really tells us is that they know that Judgment Day hasn't happened yet. But there's no indication from that passage or any others that they know specific events on this earth. Because that would just bum them out. I mean, I don't want my grandmother knowing what I'm doing on this earth. She's supposed to have joy. I don't want her telling, no, that's a bad decision, another bad decision. You know, I don't want to bum her out, which there's no bumming out in heaven. So, yeah, so when people die, they immediately go to heaven or hell. And then on Judgment Day, Jesus just lets the world see what he did privately, right? It's right, really like when you die, you uh, you are convicted, either heaven or hell. On Judgment Day, it's mm -hmm. a public sentencing. Everyone knows for sure. But that's what happens. And yeah. uh, it's a good part for our discussion. Yeah, that's good. That kind of helps set the stage. Um, and I, I want to take it now and look at it from the perspective of somebody who is maybe non-Christian or even atheist. Um, I've heard atheists say that uh, the whole concept of afterlife is this invention by the human mind, uh, one of many inventions to try to give meaning to an otherwise meaningless, pointless life. Uh, they would say, we, we are born, we live, we die, that's it. How do you respond to that kind of idea or that, that picture of um, the, the life here on earth? Well, that's obviously a natural result, I would say, of a, an atheistic worldview or atheistic evolution. If you don't believe there's a God, you're right. Then then there really is no value. There's no value to life. You have no purpose. And yet, when I've heard people say that too, I always think, you know, that kind of worldview does not explain the four real keys, the, the questions of every worldview, right? Origin, meaning, morality, and uh, destiny. Those four that everyone has to wrestle with. Um, I just think what happens when I've, I've talked to friends who are atheistic and, and I say, okay, so you don't believe you have real any purpose on this earth and they, they will struggle with that. Or you talk about, is there really morality? You can say you wish something would be legal, but then can you really say that was morally wrong? And yet that's how you live your life. So I, I would simply say that they ignore their conscience that God gave us one way or another and ignore the natural knowledge he gives us in the creation he, he, he created for us. So that's, that's important. Yeah, and we've, I mean, those four key attributes, we've talked about those in previous podcasts. I think that's like podcast number two, three, four, and five or something like that. We'll, we'll link to that in the show notes so that people can kind of jump to those. Um, but when you, I, I think what you're saying, if I'm hearing you correctly, is when they, when uh, an atheist accuses Christians of trying to invent this afterlife based on some worldview, they're at least doing the same thing, if not even more so. They have come into into the argument saying there is nothing supernatural. There is nothing outside right, of yeah. the empirical There's nothing experience. outside of me. Right, right. There's nothing and outside yet, of me. And so, therefore, there is no no afterlife. Well, that's not an right. honest, honest, not an honest position. Or if that is your position, at least own up to it. You know, admit yeah, to that. Agreed. agreed. 
Agreed. Good. Uh, John, is my dog in heaven? It depends what dog you had, but we know for sure there are no cats in heaven. But no, <laughs> let her go to Ben. No, I, I don't know. You know, your dog doesn't have a soul, right? Your dog wasn't originally made in the image of God like Adam and Eve were. Uh, and now, can God have animals in heaven for the enjoyment of the people there as we live with him forever? Sure. That's a, certainly a, a good possibility. And I always think it's a pretty good probability he put animals for um entertainment in a sense for adam and eve in the garden there's yeah. no reason for us to believe that there won't be animals for our enjoyment in in heaven now uh is are my dogs i hope it I, you know my wife's up to i think 100 um dogs we have fostered yeah i'm hoping all those dogs are not in heaven some of them i did not like but and others are great, and I got two great dogs right now. But yet, no dogs don't have souls. Now, to little kids who go, well, my Fluffy's not going to be in heaven. There's going to be something better than Fluffy in heaven. Yeah. God will make sure you're not bummed out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for. I just hope you know. You, you got you have you have you're a young man. You have just you have one young son. Wait, you know. Can you imagine if all the pets he's going to have are going to be in heaven? I mean, we've had hamsters and gerbils and and those crabs that when they die, they smell or rot someplace. We've had guinea pigs. I think we've had cats, unfortunately. We've had dogs. We've had, I, think, I think we've had, I don't know if we had snake. We've had a lot of lizards, yeah. frogs. We've had a lot of stuff. I hope none of those are in heaven. But if, <laughs> if they are, <laughs> I guess that's all right. <laughs> Let me ask a, a little bit more of a serious question. I wanted to kind of run by you some perceptions of heaven and hell and, and um, get your reaction to them, uh, whether they're biblical or not. Uh, one is the pearly gates where St. Peter is acting like the bouncer. Hey, do you know where that comes from, Ben? Do you ever know, know where, where that comes from? Yeah, that, a lot of people will say they believe that comes from Jesus' words to him, Matthew chapter 16, I think it's verse 18 or 19, where he says, and you're Peter, I give you the keys to the kingdom. And they said, well, it only makes sense that he must have keys to the gates of heaven. And that's one of the places people will say that comes from. You know, you and I know that as the ministry of the keys, where we offer people forgiveness because Jesus says, hey, there's no sin that you can commit that he hasn't died for. And vice versa, if you continue to live in the sin, you cut yourself off from forgiveness. And I'm not going to tell you. You're, I'm going to tell you out of love for your soul, hey, you're cutting yourself off from forgiveness. It's always interesting to me that people who like to point out that passage ignore then two chapters down where Jesus gives that, we call it church discipline, Matthew chapter 18, the church yeah. discipline section, and also in John chapter, I think it's 20. Yeah, 20, 23, 24, 22, somewhere around there, chapter 20 of John, where it says, um, hey, you know what? I, I'm, he gives them to all the disciples. So Peter's not the only one that has the keys, but it's that's one thing that you'll often see people say. Yeah, he's the he's like the bouncer of heaven. Yeah, yeah. So maybe a stretch from <laughs> the biblical account. Yeah, right? a stretch a little. <laughs> uh, what about? Uh, I, I think this is more of a, a non-Christian review, but let's talk about it. How is the place where you finally get to have fun, and heaven is for the stiffs? Yeah, I think that was a Billy Joel song, to be quite frank with you, at some point, right? Or someone sang about it at some point. But, uh, I, you know, here's here's the thing you think about that. Or maybe that was, uh, I don't know, ACDC. It could have been someone like that. Anyways, yeah. um, 
if you look at the Bible, listen, Jesus himself, I think it's Matthew 13, the, he's explaining the parable of the weeds. He talks about, listen, people are going to be thrown into hell where there is where there's a fire and a weeping and gnashing of teeth and there's darkness. Doesn't sound like a great place in hell. Not at all, right? And you've got to live eternally outside the blessings of God. Not going to be good. Whereas Jesus describes for us what heaven is. Heaven's like a, a, a never-ending marriage banquet or, or you know, wedding banquet or reception. And I, as a kid, you know, I often thought, all right, we're just going to have to sing him after him after him with all the stanzas in heaven. It's going to get boring. Obviously, you won't have to take an offering because, you know, you're in heaven. But holy cow, it's never going to end. And instead, Jesus pictures heaven as a place where we work and we enjoy that work, but also uh, uh, like a party that never ends. Pretty good. Yeah, I, I think you know the, the hell is really pictured the, the difference between heaven and hell i think from a biblical worldview is not that hell is fun and heaven is boring because like you said i think a lot of people think oh i'm gonna have to sing all the time or we're just gonna be in church all the time whatever hell is where all of god's blessings are withheld and heaven is where all of god's blessings are bestowed and you right. think about the things that we enjoy things like a nice day we're recording this on a beautiful day um sunshine uh, friends, laughter, uh, watching your kids grow up, all, you know, those things, those are blessings that God gives. Think of God withheld every single good thing. That's what hell's going to be. And heaven is going to be the extension of the, the pouring out of every good thing without any corruption, uh, without any, any, anything that kind of is the fly in the ointment. So that's a, that's a, I think a better picture of what heaven and hell are going to be like. Can you help us uh, without getting into specific books, I know there's lots of them out there. Um, without getting into particular books or particular experiences, can you just talk about the general idea of out-of-body experiences, visions of heaven and hell? Um, what do we make of those as Christians? Well, for God in a box, if God wants to give someone a, a vision of heaven to comfort them or comfort loved ones, uh, maybe it's in a emergency room or in the hospital room, God certainly can do that, and I'm sure he has. Or if he's going to give someone a vision of hell to scare the hell out of them, so to speak, he can do that as yeah. well. That's not the normative way he works. He works through his word, and that's all he really needs, uh, obviously, as Luke 16 talks about. But I I'm not going to dismiss those. Now, many of the things that people chalk up to you know, out-of-body experiences or near-death experiences, I think a lot of them have to do with the fact that our body is shutting down. There's a lack of oxygen, and um, maybe we see things or hear things or believe things that really aren't there, but not all of them. And so, again, I think you've got to be cautious with that. But I wouldn't put, you know, there's a lot of books and, and movies, as you've alluded to, out there yep. about the whole near-death experience. And I think those are exciting. Some can be titillating. Some can be misleading. But ultimately, we point to scripture that tells us when we assume room temperature, we either go to heaven or hell. And if we have faith in Jesus, we go to heaven. And that's a great thing, whether he shows it to us ahead of time or not. Yeah, I think of... I mean, many of those, especially have gotten book deals, 
have later turned out to be frauds. You know, they were in it for the money or they were trying to get fame or whatever. And so I, I kind of take a wait and see approach uh, with a lot of those. And maybe it's interesting, maybe it's not, but I, I take a big cue from, I mean, John saw very clearly the, the apostle John saw very clearly heaven and he was commanded by the angel to write this down, write down what you see. Um, you know, Jesus gave him words directly that he quotes, you know, especially in early revelation. But I think of Paul who really kind of distances himself. We're pretty sure when he talks about caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, he talks about that. And he, he doesn't name himself. He doesn't connect himself with it. Almost like this isn't the thing I want you putting your hope in. I don't want you believing my message because this has been seen. I want you believing the message that I'm sharing because of the one that I'm preaching um, not some out-of-body experience or some skill or some some vision that I've seen. Don't put your hope in that. And I, I take a big cue from that. Sure. I, I would agree with you 100%. Um, uh, you know, the big thing is, is understanding this isn't our home. And that's the hardest thing for me as I get older to realize this isn't it. I've I've concentrated, unfortunately, my whole life here in a certain sense knowing that eternity is coming but it's it's an easy thing to do i'll just share that with you <laughs> and this is again i want to ask you from having taught that end times bible study just kind of summarize for us um what is what comfort is there for the jesus follower in the idea of judgment day and of heaven and hell what 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 uh, what should we walk away with as a kind of a, a holding on to point? Well, Judgment Day comes, we go home. We go home to our real home in heaven. You know, when I was a little kid, I always thought there's going to be, and you won't get this, Ben, because you're way too young. But there used to be oh. these things called drive-in movies, and I remember going <laughs> to them even in a, even in high school. And I always pictured Judgment Day was okay, John Parlow, you're you're next, number six, four, five, six, eight, six, seven, seven, four. And then they'd run all my sins across the big screen, which would have taken some time, trust me, would have taken some time. <laughs> Don't say anything, Ben. But it would have taken some time. And then Jesus at the end would go, he'd say, forgiven. And that would be great. But he doesn't do the stream of all of your sins because I, robe, I wear the robe of Christ, and anybody who believes in Jesus as the Savior wears the robe of righteousness. Jesus doesn't see our sin, and therefore says to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Come into the place I have prepared for you from the beginning of time. But here's the thing. When Jesus comes again, I used to think, I'll be scared to death. And yet, Scripture tells us, we're going to be excited and look to the heavens for the wonderful blessing God gives us. And uh, what a day that will be. And I got to think during this whole COVID um, safer at home that at the time of this taping, we're all thinking about because we're experiencing it. Uh, I, I just can't, I just can't believe how exciting that's going to be. And yet um, something we can't even imagine. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for thanks for reminding us of those comforts. Thanks for walking us through this whole topic, Pastor Parlo. Uh, certainly a lot to digest here. 
be interesting to hear what our audience, what their thoughts are. Have you guys been hearing from any of your um, friends or, or relatives uh, on this topic? Um, have you been, uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts, especially in our Facebook discussion group. Feel fee free to drop a comment or question there. And you should know that we've recently added video to our podcast. So you can go to youtube.com. Uh, you can search for the St. Mark channel and you'll find this podcast. And it's not just a static background. It's actually a video of John and I having these discussions. We'd love to have you tune in there on our YouTube channel. But all of your views, all of your downloads, all of your feedback and comments have helped us get to 12,000 downloads. Man, thanks so much for that. It's pretty awesome to think that we've been able to have conversation 12,000 times about a living faith in the secular world. Uh, that's been really, really awesome. And we'll see you next time on When Fear Reigns. <laughs>